Heroes of episode 298 of heroes of handheld the internet's premium handheld gaming podcast dedicated to all things handheld whether it be your playstation vita your playstation portable switch 3ds 2ds 1ds 5ds 4ds uh 8ds we don't talk about the 7ds here my name is chris i'm joined by colin good evening colin Byrne. hello christopher how are you on this gorgeous gorgeous august evening i'm good man i'm enjoying the sunshine um enjoying the nice quiet nights of uh summer contemplation um yeah i'm all right how are you i'm i'm good i'm very good i'm currently as we are live because we're definitely live whenever you're listening to this we are live we sort of just like sit in a quiet quiet room and then as soon as we see that someone's listening to the podcast we spring to action and start talking so that's what we're doing at the moment because you know we're live broadcasting from London Towers. Well, we're live broadcasting so, from people's houses. This is best. Anyway, um, so I'm I got a bit distracted there, but because I'm playing Harry Potter Wizards Unite, you'll be shocked to hear. Shocked to hear, Chris. Um, have you caught any uh, Grubble Funk the Ungodly? Wubble snaps, come on. <laughs> I've caught the Wibble Snaps and the Wimble Snaps and a Womble and a Buckbeak. But the reason I'm playing it is because I am currently updating my skill tree, which they added to Harry Potter Wizards United a couple of weeks ago, and it's very in-depth and very confusing. And I had some, um, I say points to spend. I had enough restricted books to update my skill tree. So playing that. Honestly, because I've, I've decided I'm going to take a break from mobile gaming and more specifically uh. pokemon go and wizard unite because you know i don't know if you have this on your iphone chris but every week my phone gives me an update as to my screen time over oh, the past yeah. seven days and it's horrific and it's because since lockdown i've um well since this whole covid19 world began in march um i've just been I think there's no other better word. I really have been addicted to both both Niantic's games, um, Pokemon Go and Wizards Unite. And it's just getting a bit like... I'm thinking to myself, am I actually enjoying it? Yeah. I don't know if I'm enjoying it. I just feel I have to do it. Like They've had, they've had events left, right and centre, which is good, but it's just got too much. And the brilliant event in Harry Potter Wizards Unite is coming to an end. For those of you who don't play the game, and this is for your benefit as well, Chris, is they do brilliant events every few months throughout the year where there's a theme around it. You'll get brilliant foundables and there's certain unlockables and there's research tasks and all this sort of thing. But there's never been a way... if. The whole aim of the game in Wizards Unite, it all boils down to filling up your registry page, similar, similar to the Pokedex in Pokemon Go, 
with images of what you have caught um, sent back to the wizarding world and by doing that you catch the different things that are in the muggle world and each one you catch you get a fragment and you have to get certain fragments basically it all leads to putting pictures into your registry and with the brilliant events you get special registry pages which you have to fill by finding these special foundables or by walking with the special brilliant event port keys or by battling in the fortresses using the brilliant runestones and that's the main aim of the game but back when Harry Potter Wizards Unite first launched last year last July I believe it was the very first brilliant event happened and nobody had a clue what they were doing so one of the main gripes has been that with the old brilliant events if you missed out on any of the images in the page you had no chance of getting them because once the event was over it was over so you'd be left with a registry page with loads of gaps and white spaces where the images should have been put and people have been annoyed for a while that there's never been a way of going back and getting those images until the latest brilliant event which was called fantastic flora and fauna and for those of you who played wizard unite back on the uh, opening month you will know that that was the name of the very first ever brilliant event and i remember on this very podcast me and chris were talking about this because uh, you were playing it at the time and we were talking about say brilliant buckbeak that kept appearing yes. and also unicorn that kept appearing so i didn't finish that event and a lot of people didn't so what they've done is they've added a second registry page to that theme and that event and you have to fill up that page, but they've also given you the chance to fill up the original page from a year ago, and I finally completed it, completed it, mate. And hopefully they're gonna do this with all the brilliant events, because at the beginning of Wizards Unite, there are times where I didn't play it that much, and I didn't really know what the heck I was doing. So I am very much happy that they're doing this. Um, and so that is why I've been very, very obsessed with Wizards Unite over the past week more so than probably usual because I've wanted to you know finish the registry page from last year and also do the new one and then all they also give you extra um, extra tasks you can do once you've done the main ones it just never ever ends and on top of that they had a dragon week event on Pokemon Go this week which also took up a lot of my time and I'm just a bit burnt out it all come, I'm just a bit burnt out Chris you know I, I think yeah. I need a break from it it definitely can it can get very much like an a thing you you just do because you need to have your hand in your phone all the time doesn't it i do know exactly what you mean with that and that's kind of why yeah. i i stopped playing pokemon go for quite a long time because yeah i i didn't feel like i was getting the enjoyment out of it i felt like i was just having to do these things every day yeah. um yeah it just it just comes part of your routine you know yeah. and it's, it, the fun sort of goes out of it like the thrill of Pokemon Go back in the day for me was spotting a Pokemon that I'd never seen before and finding it. But obviously it's developed since then and there's, there's much more layers to it. But it's just, when it comes down to it, am I enjoying it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can safely say yes anymore. And that's a problem. And I think that is a sign that I need to stop and at least have a bit of a get a break from it and just reassess my life really. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's I think it's really good as well to not to get too spiritual, whatever. But I think it is important to reassess your relationship with your phone as well, because I mean, we you know we do a podcast about fucking handheld games. Like I know (laughs) how easy it is to just spend to waste time on your phone. But like, yeah, that with that screen time thing, it it is alarming how quickly it creeps up, isn't it? And like, yeah, how 
much when you get those reports in and sometimes it's like six hours a day and it's just like i don't i don't feel like i do anything on my phone and yet i'm looking at it for like a third of the time i'm awake sometimes um yeah i think it's really good to reassess and it's you know it's not just games it's social media and stuff as well and uh like youtube and netflix and whatever but yeah i think that's good it's healthy to take a break i think it's one of those i don't know if you've had this chris where i'll open an app on my phone i'll do what i need to do on it i'll close it then i'll lock my phone then probably about 10 seconds later i'll pick my phone back up again and open the same app again yeah one yeah one hundred percent. yeah yeah and i think to my and i open it like i've got nothing to look at here i've looked at it it's just strange world we live in it's weird to think that 15 16 whatever years ago this just wasn't part of life you know you obviously had yeah. a phone but you didn't have a smartphone it's just crazy yeah you and easily to get addicted to it yeah mm-hmm. and especially like when you know when 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 we were kind of 10 or 11 and mobile phones were kind of coming into into the masses and you know nokia 3310 and all that stuff like yeah you, you did use them as communication methods and you probably did have it in your pocket all the time but it wasn't like in your hand all the time, you know, whereas now it's like such a key thing, isn't it? Of going out is like wallet, keys, phone and everything. And, you know, pretty soon you won't even take your wallet and your keys because your phone will do all that kind of stuff as well. It is scary. Yeah. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. What a world. Yeah. But other news. Well, Pokemon Go is fun at the moment. <laughs> yeah, man. The, dra- the Dragon Weekly event is is uh, been pretty good. I battled a lot of Rayquaza. Um, not uh, yeah, it's been quite good for spawns. I find that the the Pokemon Go community is so weird because there's always such a mix of people. Some of which are like, I only just started playing this game. It's great that there's Dratini everywhere, and some of which is. I've been playing this game since 2016. Why are you still giving me Dratini? Uh, I, and, yeah. you know, it's all it's all valid viewpoints, but it's funny, like, it does feel like they can't win. But I've, I've been quite enjoying quite enjoying this event. I think it's spiced up. You know, I like the, the increase of spawns in dragons, and we'll see other stuff over the next few weeks um, of different... And this is all because of how many Pokemon have on court whilst Pokemon Go Fest was on. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's been quite good fun. Um, I haven't been playing any Wizards Unite though, but I uh, am still playing yeah. Pokemon Go every day. Honestly, the I'm well excited by Dratini being everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's such a rare. It's such a. It's not a very common Pokemon anyway. Uh, I've even seen a few Dragonairs dotted about, which is nice. I think Dragonairs just bloody gorgeous, aren't they? Yeah, Absolutely gorgeous it's, Pokemon. It's honestly, it's a war crime that the gorgeous, silky, beautiful Dragonair turns into the fucking cartoon drawing Dragonite is like <laughs> it's obscene <laughs> yeah. I know it's you think that they probably did it deliberately didn't they the bastards yeah but um, I was I, just the last point I'll make on that event with um, Dragonair I remember when I caught my very first Dragonair back in the first year of Pokemon Go and I was so excited when I saw Dragonair because I knew it was quite a rare rarity to see it in the wild so I was like oh my god amazing and now I've got four Dragonites no, now it's not so exciting. Yeah, now suddenly you're rocking four hundred percent IV Dragonites. <laughs> it's just like enough for this. Um, I, I just should have quickly mentioned another game I've been playing, and I, I did text you about this a couple of days ago. Um, Rocket League. Getting oh back yes. Back into Rocket League, and I'm refinding uh, my love for Rocket League. What a fantastic game that is, and it's 
it's just so addictive. I mean, I mean we're talking about addictive games. Rocket League is definitely one of them. Um, shows I haven't played for a while. There was a 45-minute update I had to sit through uh, on my Nintendo Switch before I could play it. Um, but then when I did, it was a load of fun. And it's just, for me, it's one of those games where it doesn't, in a way, and obviously you can get better at it the more you play, but really, there's not really any... Um, it, you, there's never balance, balancing issues with the teams because I feel with Rocket League it's designed and made in such a way where everyone can beat anyone like it's very hard to become an absolute pro at Rocket League in my opinion and like you get dropped into a game and most games I would say that I play are very close and it's very rare that you get a game where there's like you know a 7-8-0 um, but I've had a few, had an incident actually a few days ago where we were five one up, and we lost six five, and that was, oh, that was no. bullshit. But and they scored in overtime, bastards. And you know when like you can do like a little comment on Switch as well, like you can say a little phrase like "good goal" or "good shot" or "well done," and they were just the other team were just spamming that, taking the piss. You know. Oh, that's so annoying. Very but it's fun. Uh, Rocket League is great, as it's always been. Such a good game. Very addictive. Um, I've been playing a game that I think you are quite keen on, Colin. Ooh, what's that? Uh, which is uh, for um, Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fall Order. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. you started playing that, didn't you? Yeah, where yeah. are you up to? Well, without spoilers, where are you up to? So my stat is around, I think, like thirty-one percent, something like that. I've just finished my. T- uh, well, I say finished. I assume you'll go back. I've just done the stuff on Kashyyyk with the tr- uh, with the. Um, the Wookiees. The Wookiees. Which the Chewies. The Wook the Wookiees in such a gorgeous game look like PS2 graphics. It's so weird. Shocking. Yeah. That that <laughs> level is like but so bizarrely buggy. It's like it feels very rushed, that planet. But it, it, it feels like they've got too much going on everywhere. Um yeah. like glitches so much, especially with the wildlife where you don't know whether it's gonna assist you or kill you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, at some points it does look great. I think that there's a bit where you go through a forest and those plants that do try and kill you yeah. also look very pretty as well when they're, when they're like sort of slivering towards you. That was a good scene. Yeah, but The opening a... of that level is brilliant as well. Yeah, I'm playing it on um, Jedi Mars. I'm playing it on the equivalent of what I would call hard mode uh, yeah. rather than expert. And it's really, it's really... That's just a right level for me at the moment because it's like... The combat is difficult but not impossible and you feel like you're constantly being challenged without it being like unfair. Like every time I've come up against a boss it's really hard. I've had to die once or twice and then I've gone back to it and it's like, oh, that's how it I see. Like I think it's really clever how you start learning like patterns and stuff. And I know like the the meditation points to save is weird and can be a bit frustrating um because we're so used to video games like giving you loads of health potions after every big fight um mm. but i i think i think it's it's such a fun game and like i you know it is buggy and like sometimes it doesn't work like you think it will and it sometimes it's hard to line things up and whatever but the combat is so good and it's so relentlessly like flowing like it the the highest compliment i can give is that it reminds me of the combat from the arkham games where it's like a rhythmic 
pattern of movements where you flow from one enemy to the next enemy and you use your different tools at your disposal and you have to shake it up and you can't just stab 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 you have to like dodge and jump and block and parry and like use special moves i just think it's like it's beautiful to play it's so satisfying um yeah. yeah and like yeah parts of the game annoys me you know parts of the game design annoy me but the combat is so good that it's like i kind of don't care what the rest of the game is like no yeah i know what you mean like because it's such a well-built game in terms of its combat and gameplay you can sort of forgive it for its shortcomings in the frame rate issues and the glitches and the bugs yeah because they've never been game breaking really i mean they're just a bit noticeable I don't know if you've noticed where the characters pop in. Yeah. In, out of nowhere. And just like their arms are out and they're gliding towards you before they suddenly start moving. That yeah, a few I think times it's. On um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm playing on PS4 and it'd be interesting if it gets a PS5 re release, if they like re jig it and stuff to make it even prettier. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Anyway, should we do some. Should we whiz through some news stuff? There's not a whole lot to talk about this week. Um, Let's but, whiz through. Yeah, just a couple of things that I wanted to touch on, including actually. Let's uh, no, let's save that till the end. Um, so the first thing is that there is a new Animal Crossing Summer update out, um, and this one brings as well as the ability to travel to different towns via dreaming, uh, which is really cool, and a fireworks display happening throughout August. It also finally brings the much requested feature, uh, which is island save data backup. So this has been something people have wanted since the game came out, because previously you weren't actually able to back up your save data for your island anywhere. So if your switch was, I don't know, stolen or broke, um, you weren't able to re-download your island. Which is obviously, you know... Uh, that seems really weird. Yeah. So they've only added that now, and that's something to be celebrated. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's something that's like, oh, finally, this is here. Because the thing is, I don't think it's something to be celebrated in that people don't want to have to use this feature, but you would only really have to use it if something goes badly wrong with your Switch. Um, yeah. So, so far, there's not been a lot of call for it, but obviously the people who do want it, it must be a frustrating thing. Uh, Nintendo Life have done a really good summary of how you can back up your island save data. So I'll link that on heroesfanhound.wordpress.com um, because you can learn a lot from uh, from that and it is a useful guide as well. But it's so, like, Animal Crossing is just consistently great, you know. I love it so much. And like like you were saying about Pokemon Go, it is that thing where you, you play it every day a little bit and it's not always... Uh, super satisfying or impactful but it is like it feels like you're learning a craft in a way like it's you're seeing the evolution of something that goes from nothing to perfection over time um it's kind of like the same satisfaction i think people get when they learn to like ride a bike or something like that uh so yeah, yeah. i mean animal crossing continues to be great and obviously with august having just started this new bugs and fish and items and blah 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 are you ever going to be tempted to get this game colin I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm too busy playing Ninjala to be honest with you. Are you really? No, not really. Oh. I've played it again since I played it once. Great. It's not great. It's not great. Uh, maybe I don't know. If say it goes and it goes on offer, maybe I will give it a go. But 
I mean, is, is it one of those games that uh, when it gets to a point where the community, I know it's people are going to be playing it for years to come, I would imagine, but if it comes to the point where it's got a low playership, would it still be worth playing? Is it built on community? Or oh, could you no, still enjoy it's, it? it's such a solo. It, it's it can be a community thing, but really it's a super solo experience. You don't need other people. Well, maybe then, young man. Maybe one day. Yeah. I think you'd, uh, I think you'd get a lot out of it, you know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, you know, I, I get all the enjoyment I need from Animal Crossing through you and your love for it. So. I, th- I was I thinking as well, it is, it's quite sweet how we, uh, you know, how this, when this podcast started... We were talking about Animal Crossing on 3DS, and now it's like as we kind of move through time. Now we're talking about it on the Switch. It's like a nice, you know, bookend. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. Um, hmm. So yeah, Animal Crossing. Apart from that, uh, any what news have you just picked up there, Colin? I see your cursor hovering. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm just having a look at this, and uh, the first thing i i can see why this has made it into our google <laughs> because i can see in the first world i saw was overcooked style so there you go uh this is a game called shakes on a plane it's coming to switch in november and as i said it's uh heavily not heavily linked but looks very similar and plays similar to overcooked apparently and i've never played overcooked so uh i wouldn't be able to comment on that but it's a, a crazy co-op game and Clearly, I'm going to read what the article says here because I know nothing about this game. Actually, no, I'll tell you what. I'm going to watch the trailer and describe to you what I can see. Yeah. Only 35 seconds. 30,000 feet. Yeah, oh, you're on a plane or up in the sky. There's hundreds of passengers, apparently. Um, looks like it's a sort of restaurant. Um, uh, one cabin crew. So I guess you're part of the uh, the cabin crew. Oh, this is on a war plane. Oh, there's those different um, types of plane. Can we tame the chaos? Oh, God, people go. Oh, there's UFOs as well. Wow. Okay, so they're feeding people. They're feeding them milkshakes and food. And I'm pretty sure I saw some people passed out as well. So maybe you have to, like, you know, stop chaos by feeding people properly. This does look very much like Overcooked, honestly. I, I've never played Overcooked, but just looking at the images and the art style, it looks adorable. But I, I like how there's those different places. So do you know much about this game, Chris? I literally, I, I saw that it was a bit like Overcooked and I thought this looks like something I want to talk about. So it comes out to Steam and Switch in November and it's, uh, yeah, it looks like it's kind of cabin crew. I mean, it looks like a lot of milkshaking, but also dinner and food making as well. And the Overcooked uh, comparisons are really, really strong. The only thing that I think is worth saying is that in this game, they are saying that you your characters you pick actually have different... Um, uh, requisitions and abilities so that's kind of different because obviously in Overcooked uh, well not obviously everyone in Overcooked plays exactly the same it's just cosmetic whereas in this it looks like different skins and different characters will do different things um, so it's yeah, quite an interesting weird looking game I'm hoping it's on for me it, it's it's so it's so uh, kind of it's, it's a little bit privileged but for me this game and the reason why Overcooked is so good that co- any cop I really hope is online. I really, really hope it's online because Overcooked Two, playing Overcooked Two online through lockdown with my girlfriend has been like so important and so such a like communal experience. And I just really hope this plain one has the same 
has the same thing because I think if you can only play it together, yes, that, that's really good. But just that flexibility of being able to play online makes such a difference. Yeah, it's really good and really important. And like, it looks so like such a cool game. Hopefully, shapes on a plane will do the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I like how it's different sort of planes. That's one thing I like. And also, UFOs. they are yeah, they are one hundred percent. They are wearing their overcooked influences on their sleeve as well. Like, it's so obvious that they must love overcooked from even like the font is really similar as well um <laughs> yeah it, it's a little bit like you wonder whether there's been any lawyers involved because it looks so similar but you know the more the more of these kind of hard uh hectic action-packed co-op adventure games the better i think hmm. yeah, yeah i definitely uh think it's in your ilk or yeah something you would enjoy it apparently it's dangerously difficult as well and the no top, matter how the top comment on youtube is I did always wish Overcooked had airplane levels. <laughs> and they, the publishers have replied saying, and now you're getting it. So, you know, they, they know they know what they're doing. I think it's like one of those games where it's not meant to replace Overcooked. It's like yeah. to complement Overcooked. So and the actually, idea that you'll play both. Oh, um, no. On the, on the YouTube comments, the studio, someone has said local online co-op and the studio has just said local co-op. So it's oh. not it's not online. So... There we go. Scrap that. Surely remove that this change. from the. this from the podcast. Cut it out. Oh, shit. Don't like overcooked anyway. Load of crap. Um, what else is going on? Uh, oh yeah, I did want to briefly mention that there is now. Uh, you can pre-order one of the kind of greatest weird games of all time, Stardew Valley, which is such an indie darling that has gone from strength to strength to strength. Um, has now got a physical release coming out for switch and pc uh so this is obviously very exciting for stardew valley players some of which have put you know hundreds hundreds of hours into this game since release and it's priced at um 64 to 69 dollars um depending on if you get the standard or the collector's edition uh the collector's edition is 69 dollars and the standard edition oh sorry standard is more like 30 dollars um depending on what platform you get but collector's edition comes with all sorts of weird gubbins like stickers and certificates and posters and a big fancy box and stuff um uh well it's a wooden lapel pin a wooden standee uh a comic and a farm deed and a cleaning cloth so i mean great but you know Sturdy Valley is a is a much loved uh, property, and I'm really glad that they, you know, it shows how, just how popular they are. That this indie game that this one guy worked on for years by himself is now big enough that it's getting all this attention. It's so good. That is good. Yeah, deserves it, man. It's so good. Sturdy Valley is amazing. It's one of those games I always hear the name, but do we know what the hell it is? I do not know what it is. Well, I, I do because <laughs> I've put hundreds of hours into it. Uh, oh, oh yeah, I know this yeah. game. Is that the one that was similar to um, Terraria? No, it's, am I thinking of Terraria? No. Um, you are. It's similar oh, to Harvest yeah, yeah. Moon. Probably is the most similar comparison. Big fan, big fan. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> love it. It looks a bit like um, Pokemon, the original Pokemon, and Farmville mixed into one. Yeah. One farm simulator. Yeah, I sort of get that. <laughs> Um, get that vibe yeah and then the only other little bit of news that I did want to talk about which isn't which isn't even um, uh, handheld based but is mad and is blowing up the video games subreddits and twitters and all that um, have you seen the news about Spider-Man Colin 
Now explain to me, I did see this news, and it's you know it being exclu- I don't want to because you haven't said the actual news story yet and what the the thing is. But what is what are people losing their minds over here? So Marvel's it, it, Marvel's yeah. Avengers comes to PS4, Xbox, and PC in September of this year, and is a games as service where you will start off playing as only a core group of heroes, but over time they will add more and more to that list. Uh, one of the first ones that they confirmed being uh, Hawkeye but others will come and the idea is that as the game goes on time wise they'll add more and more heroes more and more levels more and more missions kind of like destiny that sort of vibe however today we saw the news that uh, Marvel's Avengers which comes out on loads of different platforms will have an exclusive Avenger on PlayStation in the form of probably Marvel's most famous superhero Spider-Man and the internet is currently losing its uh, collective shit about this because Spider-Man is such a big property, such a big deal. Everyone loves Spider-Man. Um, and the fact that he's going to be kind of locked into one platform is making people feel very uh, frustrated with with Sony and with Square Enix because it's like, you know, platform-exclusive content is never really that popular um, and is often kind of criticised. But also this idea that because Marvel, because PS4 and PlayStation will be the only platform where you can get Spider-Man, it suggests that he won't be that important to the story because they're not going to make missions centered around Spider-Man on platforms where you can't have him. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, yeah, so, it's, you know, it's really causing ripples. And it's obviously like it's a huge business move from Sony. I must have there must have been all sorts of negotiations going on but like you kind of can't blame them i think because you know sony have obviously got this relationship with spider-man where there's some this weird rights and stuff there with the fact that so much spider-man stuff is exclusive to various sony things and with the films and stuff but yeah this is a huge move and you wonder whether xbox will get something similar or if it's just because of playstation's relationship with sony um, is this Spider-Man? Have they said whether this is going to be linked to the Spider-Man from the um, uh, the character from the Spider-Man game? Yeah, it's out? not it's very... the exact same universe. It doesn't look uh, like it's in the same... It could be the same universe, but it doesn't look like it's the same iteration of the character. Yeah. Well, it's, it's exciting, um, this game. I mean, this makes me think... You are saying about the different platforms having exclusive characters... I vaguely remember, like, I'm trying to find it by Googling. For Mass Effect, I'm sure there was a character that was exclusive to PlayStation on for Mass Effect 2. Or am I imagining that? I'm, it, it was, was it Kasumi in Mass Effect 2? Character. I don't know, Kasumi. Was it Kasumi? Yeah, Kasumi Goto was... Um, there was there was definitely a character for some reason was exclusive to a platform it might not have been this character but i remember because i played through mass effect 1 2 and 3 on my xbox 360 and when you go back and look at you know other outcomes to your story which i do on youtube rather than actually play the game again there was a character that a lot of people had and loved, which who did not appear in my game whatsoever. Had no idea who it was. 
I'm going to have to search Mass Effect 2 crewmates and see if I can find who it was. Because people were saying, oh, this that person was my favourite character. I was like, who the hell is that? Here we go. Here's the full list. So it wasn't that guy on the left. I think it was the... Read, read their names out, Colin. Because if you just said the got... guy on the left, people are going to hate this. Well, no, because it didn't have the names. I found the names now. Oh, I see. Uh, Zahid. Do you remember Zahid? He was like uh, that old general guy. Yeah. Um, he was DLC. I think I had him. No, he was on my team. It was... See, I, I, so don't recognize, I don't recognize Zahid, so maybe he was exclusive to Xbox. Maybe he was maybe he was an Xbox. Yeah, he, he wasn't a great character, to be honest. He was a bit annoying. Uh, Legion. We all had Legion. Yeah, love Legion. Samara. Yep. Um, Tali, who was my girl. Morden. Uh, yep. Garrus, obviously. Miranda. Grunt. Jacob. Fane, Jack, and Kasumi. No, I never had anyone called Kasumi. So was she yeah. DLC? Was she exclusive to PlayStation? Because I, I think this was the character. Who was, oh, I loved Kasumi. She was the best. Like, who the hell is that? I've never even heard of her. Um, but I can't find any record of it being exclusive. So I don't know why I did not. It's only that playable character. for the Kasumi Stolen Memory DLC pack. DLC, it's a DLC one. Okay, that's what yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. It, it forget, forget that whole five minute bit then, because that I was wrong. Well, she was DLC. Yeah, but still, it's just, it's that same idea, isn't it? Of things being locked to certain, uh, certain platforms. And it's like, it's a savvy business move, but it does make you look like a dick. Um, no, I think that's because that because that Kasumi wasn't that important either, because she was DLC and wasn't yeah. vital to the story. So I can understand that. Or is it a timed exclusive? Will Xbox get it at some point? I mean, yeah, maybe. But yeah, mm. but couldn't you see PlayStation being like, yeah, here you go, Xbox, have Spider-Man? Like, why would they? No, I guess not, because Spider-Man's already got a home on PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's kind of related. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that story develops. Well, here's some fun guess. Here's a fun little game. What character do we fit if uh, Microsoft were to get an exclusive character, not Spider-Man? Who would it be? Oh, that is a really good question. I would go for either Litterbug or Doctor Bong. Or maybe oh Birdbrain. yes. Oh, I love <laughs> Doctor Bong. <laughs> I'm looking at the top ten worst comic book characters in Marvel, and there's one called Asbestos Lady. Wow. <laughs> the hell crow bird brains prey that cannot be real is there really a bird brain bird brain uh, but in, in all seriousness um, who could it be what character is not that important to the Marvel Universe and isn't in the main the thing the thing is I, I would be up for the different platforms having like different characters if they played the same so if Mar if like what's a good example so like if if Mar if PlayStation had Spider Man, uh, and Miles Morales, and then you could interchange them, but Xbox only had Peter Parker maybe, um, yeah. Like I, I can't see, I don't know. I can't see each platform having an exclusive character, but maybe that's how they do it. Kind of like Soul Calibur. Maybe um, to make it fair. Yeah, but just just for an update here, I'm looking at a picture of Bird Brain, and it is terrifying it literally is a character that it looks like a character from a dr seuss book yeah like the grinch it's an actual bird got bird feet creepy that is weird so they are from the x-men series one of the mutants one of the new mutants apparently uh, okay there we go all right ah. 
So well, yeah, oh, we'll have to see what happens. There you with go. This. Get Deadpool. Get Deadpool in. Yeah, but if see that Deadpool's another one. If De- Deadpool's such a loved character, if that was you know exclusive to Xbox, that really piss people off. I mean, the problem with Deadpool, if they were to put Deadpool in, that would sort of um, affect the legitimacy of the game because I feel like Deadpool is is more rather than an actual superhero, he's more like a parody of superheroes. Though yeah. he is a superhero, if you know what I mean. Like if he's going to be in the game, he'll be self-referential and just like reference the fact it's a video game all the time, which would just ruin the seriousness if they're going to go for a serious story with the actual Avengers. Yeah, so it's but difficult. I I I, I kind of like that though, like because in in um in the Marvel Ultimate Alliance on Switch, Deadpool's there, and it's very like I quite you know I quite I quite I quite like that stuff because I think it is it's kind of key to the character. Yeah. Um, and DLC. you know, and it adds a bit of brevity because you don't have to play as him if you don't want to. Like if you do want it to be a serious story. Uh, but I think it's well, well. I guess we'll see. But I, you know, I quite like Deadpool in games, and I wonder if I hope it'd be Nolan North. Like I love that there's like, you know, as a certain voice actors I associate with certain roles in video games now. Yeah. Um. So Death yeah, we'll, we'll like the Batman guy, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The Batman man. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So I think we're done. I think that's it. That's all we got for you. We're we're spent. Yeah, I that's think so. Lot. Um. Colin, how can people get in touch? Well, dear listener, if you do want to listen to any of our previous episodes or if you would like to subscribe to us, you can do via Spotify, iTunes. You can even go to our website, heroesofhandheld.wordpress.com and go to the Heroes of Handheld button at the top and it lists all our previous episodes going all the way back to the beginning. But if you did want to contact us, you can once again go to our website and go to the Contact Us page or you can email heroesofhandheld at gmail.com or tweet us at Handheld Podcast on Twitter. Um, if you just Google Heroes of Handheld Podcast, we will come up because we're everywhere. You know, we're over the social medias. You know, um, did I say Twitter at Handheld Podcast? I did, didn't I? So that's how you can get in contact with us. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Really appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen to this episode and uh, downloading it or streaming it. However, you're. Uh, However you're intaking this episode, we hope you are safe. We will speak to you very soon. Very soon. Next week. Next week. For episode 299. We'll be there. Next Monday. Yeah. See you there. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.